Hello, welcome to another McLaren Fans podcast. Um, joining us as always this week is Sarah. Say hello, Sarah. Hello, Sarah. Oh, I nearly choked on my cup of tea in my McLaren Fans podcast mug then. Available, yes. we can tell you where. An ideal Christmas present, I think. I think so too. And obviously supporting a really good podcast. Indeed so. Indeed. Yes, we'll tweet that. Keep an eye out. But who else is with us, Andy? Um, this week, we're joined by Simon, who's another McLaren fan. Um, Hi, guys. Yeah. Uh, go on, Simon. Tell us a little bit about how you became a McLaren fan, what you've been doing, who's your favourite driver, you know, oh, things like that. There's, there's a loaded question. Um, so <laughs> I've, been, I've been supporting, I've been watching Formula One for probably like 20 years. Um, I, I'm really lucky because me and the wife watched Formula One together and I remember sort of post, uh, sorry, pre-kids. Living the dream there. At, yeah, pre-kids, we would be sort of up at, you know, 1, 2 a.m. watching the Japanese practices and and then sort of stumbling into work at sort of 6 a.m. and getting that done and getting back and, and watching the practices and really sort of dedicated. Then there was a period with the kids and probably around the Honda years where it was, okay, I'm just going to watch the race. And uh, yeah, the Honda is. And, and I'm just going to watch the race and sort of hope for a good race. And just sort of like, if we finished, then it was a win. Uh, and then I, and then watch the other progression as we sort of got better and better up to sort of where we are now. But yeah, the early years, you know, it, it was still a lot of fun, especially watching sort of, you know, what, 2005, six onwards to sort of 2013. And, and when it all started to go down, it was, obviously there was really sort of some really good years favorite driver wise again i i don't i i like a lot of the drivers on the grid um i tend to i don't know why i tend to have one that sort of stands out each year that i really just don't gel with and and really dislike but i won't go into that that's something we all know about mazepan that's okay simon yeah yeah again it's not necessarily the ones you (laughs) think uh it's just i don't know why some of them just irk me um i'm not going to go into that because i'll probably get hated um, but sort of obviously, you know, uh, massive passion for people like Senna. Um, Hamilton, I think, is an exceptional driver um, from the from the crop of sort of recent JB. You know, he's a fantastic driver. And my favourite race was Canada 2011. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, um, I think that's a, that's a really good bandwagon to get on, Simon. No one, will, no one will judge you for that, mate. That's fine. Um, but again, I, I do think over the last few years, our team has been exceptional um you know with the ethos the culture um and you know just the, the drivers that we've had gutting this weekend to see carlos doing so well even though we really sort of do like carlos um but yeah it's it's yeah just sort of everything about mclaren really like i say the ethos the culture everything they sort of bring to the sport um it's great did you um have you managed to get to any like races in sort of real life rather we than didn't... just on tv yeah, we've been to see practice days. Uh, part of that is cost. Again, I'm going to throw the kid card in there. Part of that is cost. Um, also, my kids cannot stand F1. Um, unfortunately, I'm still working on it. I know I'm still working on it. But um, it's. But also, I'm quite geeky and nerdy. So I, I like watching the timings and, and watching all the cameras. So for me, a race at a race circuit, I'd be like, oh, I can see a bit of it. Oh, I can see a bit of it. And, and I can look at it on that big screen, but I can't sort of look at 
all the data I want or anything like that. So for a race from home for me is, is quite good because I sort of watch, sit and watch it and analyse and look at, oh, where's, where are we going to come out from a pit and where are we going to do this? So I quite like it from, from the armchair sportsman point of view. I think it's, it's really interesting to hear you mention Friday practice because it's something we've covered before talking about the sprint races because we love going to a circuit on a Friday. You know, that's one of the days when we get to walk about, sit in different grandstands, see it from different corners, that kind of thing. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's good to hear another person that's a lover of Friday practice. That's good to hear. Hey, absolutely right. You know, you're not tied to sort of sitting in one place and watching all the action. You can move around, meet people look at different areas see everything that's going on there's so much going on and then for me i'm not a massive fan of crowds so yeah get out and then get home get comfy watch the race you know sit down and watch the race yeah i mean yeah i I quite often go and just do silverstone friday practice myself for partly for that reason obviously it would be a bit extreme if i went to budapest and just went to the friday of the the uh, <laughs> the race weekend while I'm still out there, but um, and also never go to Monaco on the Friday, Andy, because there won't be any racing at all. That's a very good tip. Very good tip. There, you heard it here first on the podcast. <laughs> There's no racing on Friday in Monaco's. Why is that? Knows. Okay, why is that, Sarah? Go on. Well, isn't it because it's a bank holiday weekend out there, and they choose to make it a bit of a holiday thing traditionally, so they've never raced on the Friday out there. And it's because I think a lot of a lot of people get the day off out there on the Friday as well and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, also top tip, not that we're talking about Monaco. If you want to go to Monaco and sit in a really stupendous place that you never thought you'd be able to afford, I don't know, like Casino Square, you can do so for about 60 or 80 euros on the Thursday practice. So, uh, so yeah, all of these things, because you buy a ticket per day in Monaco, all of these things are within reach if you go to practice, which brings us full circle back round to why going to practice is good, Simon. Yeah. I really hope that next year they don't, we don't lose a lot of the practices with these sprint races and the qualifying sort of things. Because the, the rumour is that we're going to have half the calendar next year is going to be sprint races, isn't it? So, mm. uh, yeah. I hope they don't sort of jump on that bandwagon, like you say, Sarah, of going, all oh, right, okay, I'm going for a practice. You said it on one of the other podcasts. It's like, you know, you go for the practice, you book your ticket a year in advance, and then bonus, you've got a qualifying session. What a great, what a great deal. I hope they don't go, right, Silverstone's going to be a, a sprint race. So a Friday practice ticket is now 200 quid. Oh, right. So I can I can already give you a hint on that because I paid for, as you may recall in a previous podcast, I paid for track hospitality, not the paddock club or anything like that, but the hospitality at Brooklands and they were already saying that they're paying ahead for next year now for their rental for their unit and that the prices have gone up considerably based on the fact that Friday is now a more attractive day so I think we know the answer to that one already Simon unfortunately yeah and it's a shame because I think uh, stop me again stop me from going on but it's a shame because it does become it makes it very exclusive of, yeah of, and, and and I think the, the what they're trying to do of you know, oh, we want to generate a bigger fan base and generate, you know, and get people in. A football ticket, you can get like for 15 quid a match and you can go and watch some decent, I don't watch football personally, but you can go and watch decent games for, for quite a cheap price. Whereas, like I say, F1, we're sort of, and again, I'm, I'm wearing a hoodie that I've saved up 
a lot of money to try and sort of put towards because you've remortgaged mer- your house for that hoodie. I've remortgaged yeah. the house. <laughs> the merchandise, the, the the tickets, the events, you know, they are quite an exclusive. And um, considering, you know, the sport is pushing inclusivity and diversity, it does make it really challenging to sort of get on board with that. Um, I'm not going to yeah. stop watching because, again, I cannot stand ball sports. Um, I, I, my excuse of sort of being glued to, to the screen for a weekend is, this is the only damn sport I watch, so I'm going to watch it in full. <laughs> that sounds like a very good mantra to have, and I'm sure there's a lot of other people listening that will identify with that because I've heard yeah, of that before. I think, I think um, that just to grab yeah. that point there, when you said about exclusivity and stuff like that, um, you know, we're quite lucky we've been to a few races, but, um, you know, there's a lot of fans we talk to out there that haven't got that choice of going to races, have only got the choice of, maybe watching on tv but even then even the tv is now behind a paywall it's uh, yep. as an accessible it, sport it's really not there anymore no the you can't I go live it, without spending a lot of money you can't watch it on tv without spending a lot of money mm. one thing i would advise though simon is and this will appeal to your geeky side before we move on um you'd love testing in barcelona mate that's all about yeah. checking the timesheets and being geeky and standing on the roof, staring at the cars and seeing we what, have, what, you know, upgrades they've got. Yeah, we have discussed that, getting over there for a bit of watching a bit of testing. Yeah, I just to sort of get a glimpse and sort of early season, see what the, see what the yeah. performance is like and, you know, yeah. maybe a little less crowded, see some of the action. Um, Definitely. Me and the wife have got a big long list and basically the, the plan is once the kids have gone, I know you shouldn't talk like that once the kids have gone sort of off their set players. <laughs> Get the motor home and then do the circuit, you know, do the yeah, travelling. But, but don't look them in the shed, Simon. That's not the way to go about it. <laughs> I'll scratch that one off the plan, Sarah. Anyway, we better talk about Turkey. Now, before oh, yeah. you start talking about the race, Mr Donnelly, I'd just like to give a big shout out to the Turkish McLaren fans. I believe their Twitter account is at McLaren F1 Turkey. Um, and I've seen a lot of tweets from them over the weekend. They've sat together in a group. They've had banners. They've had signs. I saw a video of them waving at the uh, very strange double-decker bus that the drivers were on for the drivers' parade this weekend. Um, so, guys, give them a follow and, and, and look at their tweets from the weekend to get some real insight for some people who were at the track. Um, give them a look up. Right. Race. Well, quality. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you kind of done the introduction, really. There, so I mean, there's there's really kind of only one thing you can really talk about for our quality, isn't there? About um, Daniel's lap and going out in sort of Q one. Um, whether whether that was kind of engineered, I don't know. Um, I feel like if it was sort of engineered, um, so that. We knew that we were going to take that engine penalty anyway and start right at the back. And maybe we went, right, save some tyres. Because it was really weird that everyone did their fast laps and we seemed to do our fast lap for Dan, you know, a lap before everyone else. Um, so. Yeah, that's one thing I guess we'll never know. And I, I'm pretty sure the team don't like revealing these things, but... Were they always intending to take the engine penalty or was the intention when we don't have a great weekend and we're not in a good place on the grid, we'll take it at that point? You know, it's, it's, is it one way or the other? What did you think about that, Simon? Uh, absolutely. I, I mean, I was saying 
uh, engine penalties and you've got to take them this year. I do think it's really silly with 20, 20 plus bases and only three engines. I get why. Sustainability, you know, advance the engineering. I'm a big fan of that. Um, but it's just too much for what these, if you want a team to push every race and create something spectacular, three engines ain't going to cut it. Not the speed they're doing. The three so, engines was brought in when we had like 18 races. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I know they're saying, I heard someone this week saying that, yeah, there's there's sort of clauses in there that if we extend, we get more more engines. Right, okay, we're still on three and we were planning for 23 races. So how far do we have to go before we get another free engine? Because it's just too much. So now it's strategy, like you say, of when are we going to to change that engine, change all the components um, in, in the cars? And, and yeah, I think Danny's quality was... was was not great and the timing again the strategy i think probably you're right they had it sort of in the bag in sort of saying we're going to take a change let's not push it too much save some tires and hope for a dry race which we will get onto that but i do feel that we were probably not uh, we were we were done over a bit by ferrari because they sent carlos out they knew carlos was going to start at the back they sent Carlos out and it, it would have, and that, that sort of took out a position that would have sort of moved us around a bit. And that I think that probably was a big stopper for Danny going forward to Q2, which then maybe would have changed our strategy. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I, I'm very mindful of what Lando's been saying recently about don't get your expectations up, et cetera, et cetera. People are going to expect us to win every weekend now. But I accidentally had that feeling this weekend because <laughs> I was sat at the hairdressers watching Quali on my iPad and I was I was suddenly feeling disappointed with where we were, you know. I'm thinking, come on, Lando, you can do better than that. You can be higher up. And then I had to have a word with myself and say, no, remember what he said. We're not going to win every race. We're not. We're, we're better. We've made progress, but not every track suits us. Mm. And I have to just keep drumming that self, that, that statement into myself, you know. Yeah, maybe we should just ask if we can like uh, race in Russia every week, so we can have a pole position <laughs> and a chance of winning, <laughs> or with no rain, no rain this time, or snow. Yes. <laughs> like Absolutely. Yeah. So I, 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 yeah, I think that, that it's, it's a good point. I think that maybe it was sort of more of uh, yeah, we've qualified that far back. Let's just do the engine penalty and take a new unit get it out of the way. And I would assume, um, you know, it seems that other teams are doing the same thing as well. So when you come down to the allocation, it's, it's totally, you know, there's, it's not as if we've got engine unreliability. It's that actually these things, we de- these things were designed 10 years ago or something like that and have evolved since, but they've been designed to run four or five races, yeah. not six or seven. So... Right. It's, you know, yeah. Absolutely. I think one of the bits I took from it and going sort of from the quality was was afterwards and it was the driver's moods. So, Sarah, like you said, Lando was quite down. He was a bit, I think he did great to bounce back from Russia and put in a solid performance in in that weather, considering what he's been through. And he's spoken about his mental health. I know that. And he's really open. He's done a great thing for that, really. But he was... A little bit down, a little bit, oh, you know, possibly had more. Whereas Danny came out, who's had a hell of a tough season, 
in everything he's been through and then he's had the high of what he's doing but Danny came out with a really chipper and really positive sort of vibe yeah you know this is where we are but you know we'll make some places up and we'll 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 disrupt the field and and we'll try and work our way through and and, you know should be positive so I think that was what got me was the mindset because again Danny what four or five races ago was lost at sea adrift and was a bit, uh, you know, I don't know where I am with the car, whereas at least he's got that confidence with it now and, and able to say, yeah, let's go for it. Let's make some paces. Yeah, I think, places. Yeah, I think after the um, after the winter break, he's really come back a bit, you know, like alive and kicking, sort of um, being able to sort of like get the most out of the car and things like that. I think maybe it's the conditions this weekend that have just really not suited us and maybe the track layout with those conditions has just caught us out. And we we sitting there saying it's caught us out, but actually, you know, in reality, um, you know, we were still qualifying a car in top ten. <laughs> yeah. you know, I know this is this is yeah. what I'm trying to say about managing expectations. We're actually doing really well. Yeah. It's uh, an odd position to be in to be expecting so much more, and I have to just tell myself off occasionally. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, uh, bringing the obligatory Hondias quote at this point for the uh, podcast. <laughs> yes. Now, yes. You, you guys, you guys have got. I want to ask a question because you guys have got sort of some ex- exceptional historic knowledge. I listen to you sort of, you know, after every race, and you've got some really good knowledge on this. Now, I, I personally think. Now, I think it was the 2013 to 14, the, the, the winter in there, when we came out with the philosophy of we've got a car that's open to sort of. Uh, expansion it gives us some technical areas to exploit and that's when it all went off the cliff correct that was our zero thingy concept zero yes who was the guy who was the i i'm i recognize the name sam bird now i know he's a driver but i'm sure there was a technical guy in the team because he's the one that i pin it on that came out with this statement and saying oh we've now got loads of room for development and we go right you've now made a pig of a car Oh, was it? Well, it wasn't. Was. It was. It wasn't Sam Bird. That's for sure. <laughs> he's, he's definitely a driver. Um, yeah. I, I, there was some guy who um, was head of sort of car development, wasn't there? That left a few yeah. sort of years. Was it not Simon Roberts. Simon Roberts. That was it. Yeah. That was it. Who that then went it. to Williams and has now gone from Williams as well. Yeah. Wow, there you go. And it's funnily enough, Williams are picking up now. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe that's the uh, the pattern. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, but yeah, that that was the bit, Simon was Roberts. Yeah, must be Simon thing. Oh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> oh, Does that mean our podcast is going to go downhill now? Then might do. Sorry. Can <laughs> <laughs> be like it's going to be one listener. It's going to be Simon's wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Simon's wife and the McLaren F1 Turkey account. Who I'm going to tag in the tweet. Right, you you tag oh, them in that then as well. Right. <laughs> Let's um let's chat about the race a little bit then. So I'm, I'm going to start with this one that um it was a bit of a snooze fest, wasn't it? For a race with rain or changeable conditions, nothing really happened, which is like very rare for those type of races. Normally you see something go on, but yeah, it just seemed to be once that first sort of turn was out and after the start, wasn't a lot going on. Well, after, after Alonso did his bits and pieces, there wasn't yeah. much after that, was there? No, and no. certainly, Andy, they did not show much of us on the television. No, <laughs> no. and a, a lot of a lot of what I was sort of watching was just you know 
there wasn't there wasn't anything that you thought, oh, this might cause a safety car or anything like that, or nobody, nobody. Did we actually have every car finish as well? Every car, twelfth time in yeah. in yeah. yeah. So that's quite well, rare. I, so I do the F one play thing where you predict. Oh, I yeah. got zero. I got zero out of ten as well. <laughs> I predicted at least with the weather. I predicted at least two cars out, and and the, I got the gap to the finish wrong. I got the pole. I got the podium wrong. A first finishes. I got. I, I didn't get anything because I just thought I hoped it was going to be a dry race, but. Oh, it was just like you say, snooze fest. I'm oh, sorry, Sarah. I was right earlier. My wife was. We were watching the race in the conservatory, and she was falling asleep because it was just yeah. middle of it. I was quite. I was sort of looking at sort of what was going on, but you're right. It was. It was very, very dull. Um, certainly from our point of view, anyway. Yeah. I certainly closed my eyes for ten laps in the middle of the race. And when I opened them, nothing had happened. So I felt that I'd got away with that. No one, I was going to say no one needs to know, but I've just told everybody. So, (laughs) (laughs) oh, well, (laughs) I'm sure I'm not the only person who would admit to that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I've made a few notes. And when I say I've made a few notes, I really have just made a few notes. Um, Pit stops were good. Yay! I got that note. (laughs) Yeah, weren't exceptional, but they were good. They were solid. The the other few other teams had a bit few problems. Yeah, but we did pretty well. Get the cars serviced in and out. You know, a point on pit stops that's that's really bugging me. They show the fastest pit stop this season now on screen as part of the graphics for every race. And as I'm sure we're all aware, the rules around pit stops have changed so that they're generally a little bit slower now. So I don't need to keep being told that Red Bull did one in 1.8 seconds because no one's going to achieve that speed now. Seems a little bit silly to me. Is it one of those powered by AWS graphics? Possibly. (laughs) Um, And I think that the other bit I've written down here is that um, Danny Rick, the early stop got him some positions as everybody else pitted and nobody could overtake each other. Yep. Um, and it definitely was a race for Inters because Vettel came out to prove the point that everybody was talking about all through the race, should we change the slicks? Vettel came out on slicks and was basically <laughs> like Bambi on ice. So, yeah. Did you see it. his pit entry? I mean, I feared for him at that point. He had an arse wiggle, <laughs> didn't he? He definitely had an arse wiggle. The thing is, it was, it was, it was too wet. For, for slicks at the point when he did it and especially coming out on mediums he was thinking oh, let's try it we'll try mediums and go to the end and I thought okay someone's going to try it and yeah it didn't work out what got me was there was a dry line starting to starting to form it was probably about seven or eight laps maybe a little bit more from the end and Danny came on the radio and said my rear tires are hanging on by a thread and I watched the sky bit and then I watched the channel four highlights last night and I said something, and Mark Webber said exactly the same thing. He says, Why don't you dive in and get a set of softs on? You can't do any worse. Yeah. You yeah. know, you need, the back. Yep. You needed uh, some tyres that were going to hold that heat and get out and go for it. And the trouble is, is if you, you go out in the mediums, which are harder to turn on and get the heat into anyway, the yeah. moment you touch a damp spot, you've lost the heat you've oh. got in them, haven't you? So yeah. it's, yeah. I'm sure Mark Webber heard you, Simon. I'm sure Mark Webber heard you. Of course he did. There was a bit of a dry line forming, properly dry line forming, because it's difficult to see on that circuit because of the surface. Proper dry line forming. And I think if we've got nothing else to lose back there, we weren't going to gain any points. 
because Danny went back, and you mentioned it so we, on, on Twitter, he went back three or four places in the space of a couple of laps. And yeah. it was like, yep. well, what happened there? We didn't see it, like you say. So yep. why didn't we? And I don't think we take a lot of risks. And I think yeah. we could have done. I think we could have just done that there because we weren't in any way to get it. He could have got a fastest lap. He could have beasted a few cars at the end. You never know. Yeah. Should have, would have. Yes, this is true. You never know. Um, mind you, he wouldn't have got a fastest lap, would he? Because he got to be in the top 10 to get that. Might have taken a point with someone else. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, I was I was watching Lando's times towards the end of the race and thinking, come on, you can catch up. You can get him. I was hoping for a last lap Lando. He was. He was um, catching. Yeah, he was. He really was. Just a couple then, more laps and he'd have been up a bit, yeah. Yeah, and I think he got in the wash of Gasly and, and then that was yeah. it. Downforce went and he just couldn't do it. And real shame because I thought they were both going to get um, Lewis. And I just thought, shame for Lewis because I still want to see him win his eighth. But I thought that would have been a great finish. Like I say, you know, just going for it on the last lap if the tyres had come in whilst Lewis was graining. Would have been I think yeah. also going offline, though, you, you tended to lose a little bit of grip in the, on the inters once they'd grained out and stuff. Mm-hmm. So yep. any any overtake was a real calculated risk at that sort of point of the race. Um, yeah. You saw pictures of some of the, the inners that came off. I think they came off Hamilton's car and they were yeah. like slicks. There was no tread left on them whatsoever, was there? So. He, he he actually stopped to look at them on camera on Sky. He, you saw him walk over with Rosa and look at his tyres. And uh, mm. yeah, you know, they just got a bit of tread around one side of them and that was it. The rest was a slick. Yeah. You see, Ocon's had a massive blister on him. Yeah, yeah. It was huge. He did well. But he did not pit. So what, where did he finish, Simon? Can you remember? Tenth. Tenth. So he got a solitary point for his effort. Still, he wouldn't have got a point at all if he'd pitted, let's Absolutely. say. So, uh, so yeah, it does make you think. Who else out there could have got away with not pitting at all? Yeah. Maybe. Who knows? Uh, yeah, well, it certainly seems that we got when Danny Rick changed for tyres, that actually we got a couple of good laps out of them and then that was it. Yeah. It really kind of changed the whole dynamic of the race whatsoever. Um, however, we're still ahead of Ferrari by seven and a half points, is it? Woohoo! Yeah. Woohoo! It's... Yeah, we're on 240 and they're on 232 and a half. I don't like yeah. the half, it's annoying. No. But yeah, we've got to have another half points race to get rid of it, haven't you? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and Lando's still firmly in fourth place, um, yes. ten points ahead of Perez. So you know, let's cross our fingers there. Yeah, mm. yeah. So you know, we've got six races left. Um, USA being the next one, which I think we tend to do all right at. Um, yeah. But then we've got a couple of unknowns, haven't we? We've got Saudi and Qatar, mm. um, and coming up to the season, sort of finisher in Abu Dhabi. So, yeah, I think there's still a lot to play for. A lot of unknowns. A lot of unknowns, yeah. Yeah. Uh, not just for us, but for other teams and stuff like that. But, yeah, we're in a good position. You know, if you told me with six races left that we'd be in third position this year and with a chance of beating Ferrari and looking competitive um, and having had a race win, yeah. I would have just told you to get out, get off the boat, get out, go home. <laughs> right? <laughs> So, yeah. Um, I guess that's it, really, for the race. There's not a lot more unless anyone's got anything else to add to that. Um, but I've got a couple of little points to sort of just discuss if we've got a bit, we've got a bit of time. We've got about seven or 
in its last tour. Um, and this one's definitely right up your street, Sarah. Um, I'm not particularly a fan when Martin Brundle's not there. I like to listen to Martin Brundle as core commentator. Um, oh, but... I know what you're going to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to talk about my mate Jensen, aren't you? Yeah, so I thought Jensen was brilliant. I thought everything really that good. Jensen does, everything that Jensen does, is clearly brilliant. I, I have think, no doubt. I think that. you're a little bi. I think you're a little biased, Sarah. Yeah, so... the man walked on water. The best bit for me over the weekend, sorry to go a bit girly here, is when he looks into the camera occasionally and smiles, and and I just melt like a big pot of mushy goo at that point. It's like <laughs> big fan Jensen. Girl, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but, you know, I know, we, I know we talk about proper race fans. Please rest assured, I am a proper race fan. But every now and then, I just want to go a little bit gooey about Jensen. So, factually, though, he's bloody brilliant at commentating, isn't he? I mean, I yes. think he works well with Profty. Um, he puts some great insights in and drops in a bit of history as well. Did you see his Skypad session with Anthony Davidson where he went over the 2010 Turkey race? I've not done talking that. About, seen that yet. No? Right, okay. So have a look online, see if Sky F1 have, have put that up there. He did a really good Skypad session with Anthony Davidson. Turkey, 2010, Lewis, Jensen, what was being said over the radio, who was doing what. Oh, it's brilliant to watch. So uh, See if you yeah. can find it, Sarah, and retweet it for yeah, us. Yeah, I'll see if I can find it and tweet it out. But um, oh. the trouble is, I fear that as good as I think Jensen is, the downside of that is I see a lot of people moaning about Paul DeResta. And I'm, I'm I'm concerned that Jensen only looks good because Paul DeResta looks bad. Um, what do you well, think about that, then? Discuss. <laughs> I was just about to go and say, well, obviously, you know, you're never going to say Jensen was bad or anything like that. So let's get an unbiased view from Simon on what he thought. <laughs> no, I thought, I thought I, again, um, I, look, you know, happily married man. But I know some of the some of the F1 drivers have, have got some chiselled good looks, and Jensen being one of them, uh, I think he's a very good driver. Um, there's there's a few bits in it for me. Um, Paul De Resta can't say Mercedes. Uh, he just can't say it. Mercedes. I, I don't know where he gets the <laughs> from. I asked my wife. I said, "What's better if, if you take Mark Webber, who goes Mercedes, Mercedes? I don't know where CDs comes from, and then Paul De Resta with Mercedes." I don't know where he gets it. He's lost his shades or something. But um, so, yeah, anybody next to Paul DeResta, I think. And I, I, but I think he's got some great knowledge and he's a great driver. But commentating, I don't, th- I don't think he's good at it. I think, unfortunately, his, his voice isn't very exciting to listen yeah. to. And, think, and no. that dull tone is a bit, you know. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think the only person that likes Paul DeResta as a core commentator is his mum. So... <laughs> <laughs> I've ne- I didn't realise he commentated with his mum. So yeah, no love lost good. there then, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Scrolling through Twitter, I did see a lot of comments about, oh, thank God it's not Paul DeResta. In in other sessions, I'd seen comments about Paul DeResta. So mm. hopefully we're not sounding too biased. But, you know, people listening, tell us, who do you like to hear commentating? Is Brundle still the best? Did you think that Jensen was good? Um, or maybe there's a wild card out there that you'd like to suggest that you'd like to see commentating in future. Let us know. Yeah, or maybe even in your territory, you have different commentators that we should have a listen to. Certainly, yeah, um, yeah you know, it'd be quite interesting. We uh, we know that the Sky feed goes out around the world, but maybe you've got different commentators or different hosts that you're quite used to. Yeah, give us a shout. We'd love to know who they are. 
So, <laughs> well, I reckon that wraps it up for this week. Um, thank you very much for coming on, Simon. It's been a pleasure. No, thanks yeah. for having me. Thank you. Hope for you've enjoyed it. Me. Real, real honour to come and sort of. I've been listening to it for quite a while now, and, and yeah, real honour to sort of come on and just and just have a chat. Really, it's good. Yeah. Now, now it. you've seen behind the scenes. Was it disappointing? Or no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. I have got. I have got a few quick points. Um, I don't agree with Gasly's five-second penalty. I don't know why he got it. He, he had nowhere to go. Perez did well, I think, because I think I do like Checo. I think he's a great driver. Great for yep. Carlos, even though he's in a Ferrari. Didn't want to really see yeah. Ferrari get points. But Fern, I think Fern will be drive. happy. Fern, yeah. Fern, friend of the podcast, will be very happy with that. Oh, good. And then I think Sonoda's defence was brilliant. I think he was the one that defended hardest against Lewis Hamilton. Um, and I've not really seen him do that this year. So I think from a race, again, when we went through the poor years, I was just interested in, let's have a good race. So I look at quite a lot that's going on. So there's some really yeah. good bits in the race, but. Do you know, Simon, you're far more professional than us. That sounds like you prepared and thought about things to talk <laughs> about notes. on the podcast. I got notes. I know. I, I, I scribbled these about 30 minutes before. You, yeah, you've, you've made us look really weak by comparison. No, no, no. Not Simon, at all. Um, so great. please tell everyone your Twitter handle so they can give you a follow. Um, <clears throat> if I can remember it, it's, I think it's at S1M0NF1747. It's a bit of a mouthful. Sorry, guys. Um, it was created a long, long time ago, and I <laughs> we'll we'll tag oh, you yeah, in yeah. anyway on this episode, so people can yeah, thank you. grab it from there. <laughs> great, right, great stuff. Um, and that ends this podcast for this week. Uh, we're back after the US series, where hopefully we're all wearing Stetson hats with a one and two on it, with a McLaren one two on the top step, and Danny Rich shouting.